Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to the 10th segment episode of Jesus Rocks Live. 10 episodes. You realize two and a half months ago when we started on this incredible journey. Who knew? Who knew it would end up where it is today? And now the the, uh, the show is kind of morphed. It started off as, 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 a, as a prayer group, a uh, Bible study. And what was the third one? I even forgot. What? The Satan protest. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it started off in one thing and then all of a sudden it just kind of took a mind of its own. Like God literally, like Jesus took the wheel and just started driving driving the car down the street. And now he's dragging along Lucy. And then of course, you know, I'm like in the way back, you know, like when people get married, they have oh, the tin yeah. cans, the tin cans on the back. That's me. I'm one of the cans just bombing, bouncing down on the road. So it, it has evolved itself into uh, a show where it's connecting current events with the truth of God. And, and today's show is uh, episode 368 and the title of the show, and I, I have to read it, you have to read it, you have to read it kind of slow, right? Because it's like, and then you, you, she said it on last week's show is where this came from, because she doesn't watch the shows back. And I say, Lucy, you got to watch the show. She's like, I, I hate watching the shows. I said, I, I know. And she goes, that's what you're for. I, I, I know. That's right. Remember me that I'm the grunt and I do all, all the roadie work. So I said, watch, just watch it because there's some really good stuff in last, last week's episode, episode three. 66. So then she's like, okay, here's the, here's the, here's the name for the show. Why do we think what we think is really our thinking worldwide view? What's yours? Okay. So I'm just, so I'm going to say it again. Why do we think what we think is really our thinking? So then she took that and ran with it and started digging, you know, like the holy honey badger that she is the nuclear honey badger. And she's like this digging and digging and digging in the dirt and the dirt's flying up. And uh, she just kind of puts together some amazing information and facts, which she's telling me this stuff the other day. And uh, this is my face. All right. So <laughs> I am in shock. Right. So and then we kind of piece it together and then I'm looking up some pictures and then I'm seeing it and I'm putting it. I'm taking pictures of the screen. I'm sending it to her. I'm like, oh, my God, it's true. It's like, yeah, this all is true. So she's going to she's going to try to get as much in today as she can. A lot of it. Most people won't be able to handle it. Uh, cause you hear people say, oh, you can't handle it. Like in the movie, you can't handle the truth. I, uh, yeah, I think we can. No, this stuff's really unbelievable. Cause you know, it was, it was, uh, earlier this year, we started saying everything that you've been told is a lie and literally everything's just the opposite. Well, we didn't realize how deep that really was and how truthful that really was when we meant everything. Like I had no idea. It was like, not just stuff that you're dealing with now. It's history mm -hmm. and it goes back further and it is mind-blowing like when i really said my face was like this the whole time she's telling me these things i'm not kidding and 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 some of it's disturbing and but it when when she lays it out for you and she's going to try to get it all in today it might actually have to leak into next week's episode <laughs> and uh i told her gloves are off right so we're not going to censor anything or she's not going to she's going to try not to uh, well, we'll see what happens, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this is this is going to play out today. But be prepared, right? You just want you to be prepared because this is the truth. This is the truth. And when she lays it all out, everything else will make sense. Like, so you have to again. Remember, we say we, you've got to reposition your reality. And I have uh, at ten oh four. Oh, I'm not even get a chance to do any of this stuff. All right, so it, that's 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 where I'm going to set you guys up for today. I'm going to set you up for today. We'll continue this tomorrow. I mean, uh, next week or oh, Friday on Friday, if you tune in a Friday show on brighttown.tv, I'm going to have Annie Cyrus, who's a good friend of mine. And we're going to continue this. We're also going to talk about our uh, AZ saves America.us. AZ saves America.us. And that is the campaign, mm -hmm. the one click campaign, email all politicians and elected officials here in Arizona 
to get rid of the machines because you can have a machine or you can have a country. You cannot have both. Right. So if we don't if we have the machines, the voting machines in this election, uh, it's it's literally the, the it's over. It's over, people. We've had Tina Peters on the show, episode 360, and we've, uh, we've talked about it uh, in episode 367, which is the one with Jim O'Connor and Christine Reagan. I encourage you to watch that. You can also go to uh, everythinghomeaboutus.com is your take action menu. It's, it's right there. So go to the one. I, I, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. I'm looking at the clock. She said, get off at five because uh, you've got a lot to do. So anyway, go to that website. Do one click email. It takes less than two minutes a day. You do it every day. And the, the goal is to get the volume. And we are going to uh, have people actually approach these county supervisors in order to to take the, the amount of people, like we did 6,000 people do it in an hour and a half yesterday. And you can be in and tell 10 of your friends and do it every single day and tell, uh, it doesn't matter what state you live in. You don't have to be in Arizona because it's volume. We need to overwhelm them uh, so that they actually do this because that's the only thing we have literally left. This is the Hail Mary to save the country. Uh, all right. So, and then don't forget, this show is on brighthand.tv on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. And we are now on Frank's speech. So I'm loading, uploading all the shows. So that's awesome. So everything home, everything home, talk radio show, TV show. And of course, Jesus Rocks are going to be on Frank's speech. So you can find us over there. And of course, all the other platforms, Conservative Television of America. And we have a special secret that we're holding in the hopper that we might be able to share with you next week, which is unbelievable. So I'll leave it at that. Go to everythinghomeaboutus.com. Don't forget to uh, share this show with your friends. Be prepared. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't even stick to my, my deal, but... Um, Put on that belt of truth. Grab your Bibles. Grab your pen and paper. Put on your common sense cap, everybody, and uh, enjoy the show. Okay, here we go. Whoa, get hold on, hold on. Thanks, thanks, Michelle. Is that good right there? Perfect. Hi, everybody. So glad to be here again. If you're able to stand, stand. If you're not, just pray through it with me. We're gonna worship our great, great God who gives us everything. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
for this day. This is the day that you have made, my God, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father God, we love you. We thank you for all you give us. We thank you for waking us to your truth, Father God. I ask in the name of Jesus that you cover these people who are listening today, that you open eyes and ears and soften hearts, that they may hear you through my voice, Father God. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. All righty. Are we ready to go? So why do we think what we think what we think is really our thinking? Because um, we've literally been born into false thinking. We've been born into it. Okay. Unless you're like 250 years old or something, you might have some semblance of the truth, but none of us are that old. So we've been born into it. Um, so let's talk about what is worldview? Let's, let's go over it. I know a lot of you, we've done this before, but I, but I want to we want to strengthen up, right? 
I'm going to tighten up, tighten up our tuning here. So worldview definitions. A worldview is a collection of attitudes, values, stories, and expectations about the world around us, which inform our every thought and action. Another uh, Google definition of worldview is a worldview is the fundamental cognitive orientation of an individual belief system. So what are our, what's our worldview? So let's go over, because there is a plethora of worldviews, like seriously. You've got um, pantheism, which is, uh, there's a spirit, but there's no actual God. That would be like Hindu beliefs, Buddhist beliefs, right? Polytheism, you've got multiple gods. Uh, naturalism, or they actually call it now scientific naturalism. That's really atheists, right? Um, they're they're pretty much based in in you know science tells us everything, and if it can't be proven by science, then it's not true. Um, you got secular humanism, which is just Marxism in disguise. They rely on the collective, and and that if science can prove something, then it's absolute. But my favorite, and I think the one that we're living in right now, I mean, you have multiple, there's Gnosticism, and there's all kind of materialism. All the isms are basically worldviews. But I think where we're landing today is postmodernism. And you've heard this, like the postmodern church, postmodern society, postmodernism is where we are. There's no absolute truth. My truth, your truth, love is love. Your truth, let your truth speak, let my truth. Reality is interpreted through language. We are socially constructing reality, right? Gender neutrality. We can change our gender if we want to because that's my truth is I was born in the wrong, but I mean, it's just, it's insanity. But that's where we are, okay, with this postmodernism. There's no absolute truth. So what's a biblical worldview look like? One God all-powerful, created everything, personal, relational God, cares, loves his creation deeply, created man in his image to co-regent the earth. Man has intrinsic value. Jesus is the only son of God who came to seek and save the lost, who suffered, was crucified, and buried, and rose on the third day. The Bible is the inherent living word of God. That's a Christian worldview. In a Christian worldview, it stabilizes. It's the anchor of society. It stabilizes us in existence, morality, and knowledge. So does it make sense why the world would not want us to have that worldview? Our worldview are our glasses. It's the lens, right? How are you looking at the world? Do you have kaleidoscope glasses, rose cut? Like, where are your glasses? What are you seeing in the world? Um, so the worldview is the fundamental cognitive orientation of an individual belief system. So what happens when evidence is presented against what you believe in the world around you? 
a belief that you hold because you've had experience in the world around you. And then someone comes along and challenges that with evidence. Maybe they hold up the Bible and show you the truth. The first thing that usually happens is called cognitive dissonance. Three things happen in cognitive dissonance. First, you get really just uncomfortable. Well, yeah, this is making me uncomfortable. I don't want to, I don't, I don't really want to talk about this. I don't know how to handle this. And yikes. The second way that we experience cognitive dissonance when we, we're hearing a truth that we don't want to believe because our worldview is, is contradicting it is a denial or a desire to just ignore it. Okay, well, I get it, but there's nothing I can do to change it. So I'm not just, I'm just not going to think about it. I'll just ignore it. It's out of my hands. I can't do anything about it. But you also don't change the way you think. And then finally, and this is where most people go when they're presented with something that they believed their whole life and then don't believe anymore or, or presented with truth, anger, anger. No, don't you tell me that. I don't believe that. That's crazy. You're a lunatic. You're a conspiracy theorist. Again, it's a term that the CIA came up with. So if you don't know about conspiracy theorists, the CIA came up with that right after, um, right after they killed Kennedy because there were too many people, there were too many eyewitnesses who heard multiple guns, who heard them coming from different places than the book depository, who saw with their own eyes. And they were trying to tell everybody. And so that the government had to cover it up to make their narrative go through. So they made all those people sound crazy. They said they were conspiracy theorists. And then they took it to Hollywood. And what they did was they would play the truth. So the actors on a sitcom would say the truth. And then they would put a laugh track behind it. Because if you laugh at the truth, nobody believes it's true. And that's a mind control technique that works. You laugh at the truth and you don't believe it's really true. Um, so that was a rabbit trail about cognitive dissonance. But that's what happens when we are challenged in our thinking. Uh, so I want to turn to Psalm 107, 42 and 43. Psalm 107, 42 to 43. The godly will see these things and be glad while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Our history has been changed. Even our biblical history has been changed. And we're going to talk about that today. Keep cognitive dissonance in your mind and keep mindful of the ways you're going to want to reject strong discomfort, de desire to ignore it or deny it, and anger. Okay, so put those aside. Remember, anger comes from the devil, right? What does Paul tell us? Don't go to sleep angry because it gives a foothold to the devil. If there's a crack in the door, the, the devil will come in. You've got to keep the door sealed. So we don't want to ever act in anger. All right, but you're going to get angry now when we go over the, these are the most recent Barna. Barna studies. So if you don't know what the Barna studies are, they are uh, from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, a man named George Barna, who is the director of research there. 
He conducts these very, very in-depth studies every year on different areas of Christians and their walk, pastors, et cetera, the state of the church in the country. He's very, very detailed. Um, this study came out in May, and this was his, um, his survey of um, uh, American worldview inventory for 2022. Okay, so buckle up. <clears throat> American worldview inventory, and we already discussed what a worldview is, okay, and a biblical worldview. And as followers of Jesus, or we call ourselves Christians, and I'm putting that in, in quotes now because too many people call themselves Christians and don't even know what that means. Um, you ready? Just slightly more than 37%. That's about one third of all United States pastors have a biblical worldview. Over 62%, two thirds of your pastors do not have a biblical worldview. As a matter of fact, the worldview that they possess, according to the Barna study, is syncretism. Syncretism is merging different cultures, different religions, different schools of thought, and coming up with what you think sounds good, and then putting it under the Jesus umbrella. Among all Christian pastors in the United States, slightly more than one out of every three have a biblical world view. So what have they been teaching us our whole lives? It's worse among youth pastors. Children's ministry and youth is the most important thing because that's how we carry the faith from generation to generation. Yet out of youth pastors, only 12% carry a biblical worldview. I mean, they got two feet in this world. They're loving everything of this world. They are not believing in the inherency of the Bible. That is the absolute truth. That is the final line. They don't believe that. Syncretism, blending of ideas and applications from a variety of holistic worldviews into a unique but inconsistent combination that represents their personal preference. More than six out of 10 pastors have a predominantly synchronistic worldview. So family of God, followers of Jesus, if you are not diligent in studying the word of God, in praying, in worshiping, in learning and meditating on the word, you're getting the worldview from your pastors. You're getting the world's view. You're getting their, in, in the Barna study, their personal preferences. Well, it's not just pastors. Look at parents. Parents of preteens. Only 2% of us have a worldview, a biblical worldview. 2% parents of preteens. So what are you guys teaching your kids? All the ways of the world. 
Get everything in this world, guys, because this is all you have. Okay. There is hope. <laughs> and this is where it gets really fun. About 8% of the national adult population possess a biblical worldview. But that is roughly 10 times more than Christian pastors, okay? So 8% of us, the, the Barna, they call us SAGE cons, S-A-G-E, because the acronym is Spiritually Active Governance Engaged Conservative Christians, okay? I call them practicing Christians, followers of Jesus, because the definition here, the SAGE con, what it really comes out to be is a sage con is, a, is conservative in their Christian faith. They actively are in pursuit of a closer relationship with Jesus, meaning they're studying, meditating, praying, worshiping, and they're passionate about the state of social, political, and moral values. A sage con is one who is wise, careful in judgment, and willing to influence others in positive ways both for today and future generations. So people are going to the sage cons, not to the churches, which is a good thing because Americans are more likely to experience a positive impact on their worldview by hanging out with sage cons than they are by being in the presence or under the teaching of a pastor. Because the pastors don't have the biblical worldview. One out of three. One out of three. All right. So um, what does the Bible say? Second Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if you're not in the Bible and the pastors clearly aren't because they're not possessing a biblical worldview. They don't believe that all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Because we don't want to believe that we're sinners. We're good people. We're good people. I was just lambasted on social media yesterday because I said, we're all sinners. There's no good people. Okay, I got called every name under the sun, <laughs> under the sun, God. Okay, so we are uh, going to break Brighteon right now. Brighteon, we love you guys. If you want to catch the rest of this, we're over at JesusRocksLive.com. You can find the rest of this, and I highly suggest you do because we're going into the Jesuits now, so you don't want to miss it. See you later, Brighteon. We love you. See you next week. All right. We were talking about the CIA and the government and all that, but you know what? 
I was going to continue on that and we will because they're like responsible for mind control and all, but where did they get all that? Right? And what we do when we concentrate on entities like the CIA is we're looking at people and we're not looking at the prince of the power of the air or the spiritual battle that everybody knows that we're in, but they don't seem to understand. So I'm not going to talk about the CIA today. I'm going to go back farther into our history and talk about the Jesuits. We have Jesuit colleges, Jesuit everything, right? In, in this country and all over the world. And we believe, why do we think we think what we think? We believe the Jesuits are a, a sect or a denomination within the Catholics, right? That's not true. None of that's true, okay? The Jesuits were formed around 1540 by the Catholic Church because Martin Luther protested in 1525. Right? Okay, that's how we became the Protestant move, movement, the Protestant Reformation. And the, the movement was growing. And the Catholics needed to crush it. Because people were looking at the Bible for themselves. Catholics didn't want that. They wanted to be the, the ones who taught us. See, why do we think what we think? So they formed this militant organization. They were military. They disguised as priests and godly people, and they even called themselves the Society of Jesus. Okay? Make sure the light you think you have is really the light. The founder was Ignatius Loyola, right? Loyola University. The Jesuits were formed for two reasons. One, to destroy the Protestant Reformation that was started by Martin Luther. And two, the Jesuits were formed to restore the supremacy and dominance of the Pope throughout the world. So they went off on a crusade by force to make everybody return to only submission to the Pope. Okay? Here's where it gets really interesting. They control the Pope. Remember, they're not religious or biblical. They're militant. They're about world power and domination with one ruler that they've chosen, the Pope. The Jesuits have their own Pope. He's called the Black Pope. Right now, he was ordained in October 2016. Isn't that interesting? Right before our November election that year, when Hillary was supposed to win, remember? Arturo Sosa, look him up, Google him. You can find little interviews with, with him and what he says. That if this pandemic doesn't do it, the next one will. That's what they're about. They're conquering. They control everything. So they were doing it by force early on. Um, the Council of Trent, all that. I'm, I'm giving you cliff notes today because I really want to cover a lot of material. So I'm going to ask that you take notes, write stuff down, and look stuff up because we all have to do our own homework. There's no collective salvation. I can't get you to heaven. All I can do is give you what God gives me to strengthen you in your walk. We all walk a narrow path and we have to go one at a time. It's not a collective big group. That's the, that's the wide road to hell. If you wanna be in a big group, that's, that's the one to be in. Um, and you'll go straight to hell. The, the, this is an individual walk. God's relational. 
You need to pray on what I talk about. You need to ask God to show you. You need to, to pray for the clean heart so God will open up your eyes and ears and he will show you and he will give you his discernment, okay? So the Council of Trent, you're going to want to look that up. It was basically a council of, they, they, they sat around and made up all these curses. Curses are real. And they cursed everything that was against them. Okay. They also made every Pope swear to uphold the Council of Trent and abide by the rules of the Jesuits. There were, we've had a few Popes who went against the Jesuits and tried to cancel out the Jesuits. Remember, they will assassinate. Poison is their biggest way. They will also assassinate by strangulation. Hey, everybody's getting suicided. And if need be, they, they hire assassins. Mind controlled. They take people, young people, they would convert them to their line of thinking, mind control them, and then they would set them out to assassinate. Abraham Lincoln, John Wilkes Booth was a converted to Roman Catholicism under the Jesuit authority. And he shot Lincoln, okay? All right, getting on a rabbit trail again. The Jesuits war against anybody who resists their power or the power of the Pope. The Jesuits are very smart. They were using force all around the Southern Pacific Rim and all of those countries, Japan, China, Korea, all of them, they rejected. They fought back. They saw what the Jesuits were doing. And for over two centuries, those countries said, no Jesuits, no Catholics allowed. We don't want any of this crazy religion coming in here. Remember, it's not a religion. It's a military organization. The United States Marine Corps bases their training on the Jesuit manuals of training Jesuits, okay? It's militant, and you know how strong our Marines are, okay? The Black Pope controls everything. So let's get to this country because they're here to destroy America. Why? Because we, when we founded our official documents, they were based on Protestantism. We were a predominantly Protestant country. That's why we came here. Remember, why did we come here? We did not want to be forced into this line of thinking. Okay? So the Jesuits tried to stop it. And when they were unable to stop it, they said, well, we can't take them out by force. We will infiltrate. So they started shipping Catholic immigrants over, okay? Because we were all Protestant over here. We weren't accepting the Catholics, but we were a nation of immigrants and we were taking people over. They started shipping over the Catholics. Um, and I'm not saying the Catholics are bad, okay? Don't get me wrong, because the Catholics have been hijacked. The Protestants have been hijacked. Look at the worldview of the Barna studies. We've all been hijacked by this. It doesn't matter if you're a Catholic or an evangelical or a Protestant or a Baptist. We've all been hijacked by this false thinking. Why do we think we think what we think? Okay. The Jesuits came in. Uh, and in 1776, we birthed a new nation and it was kind of the rebirth of the Jesuits. Okay. Um, there were Freemasons. Now I've been learning about the Freemasons and we, we kind of have another, this blanket. Oh my gosh, all Freemasons are bad. The Freemasons. Yeah, the Freemasons are really bad. 
but they didn't start out that way. So we go, yeah, George, George Washington was a Freemason. Thomas Jefferson was a, like our founders were Freemasons. Oh my gosh. They didn't start out bad. The Jesuits infiltrated them because the Jesuits needed a way in so they could fix our government and bring it back to one world government. Okay. So what they did was they infiltrated the Freemasons because they knew Jefferson, Washington, Ben Franklin, and Thomas Paine were Masons. So they infiltrated the Masons so they would have control over them. And they infiltrated enough and quick enough to give us our first amendment of religious liberty. That was the Jesuits. Everybody thinks religious liberty is awesome. It's not. Okay. And I said this on Michelle's show way back when, when I was coming on to protest Satan, religious liberty gives church of Satan a legitimate seat at our table. And if they have a legitimate seat at our table and they say sacrificing babies is part of our worship, then we have to accommodate, you see, under this first amendment. It's a free-for-all. It makes all religions equal. What does God say about other gods? What's the first commandment? You shall have no other God but me. Here we have the first amendment. Let's fast forward. We had uh, Pope Clements and Pope Clements VII said no more Jesuits. We're ousting the Jesuits. So they assassinate Pope Clements, right? And then in 1814, Pope Pius VII reinstates the Jesuit rule. So in the meantime, uh, you've got French Revolution. You guys got a lot of homework to do because this is all, everything we thought we knew is wrong, okay? Um, John Adams wrote to Thomas Jefferson in 1816, he, he wrote, he warned, he said that the rebirth of the Jesuits is a danger to America. 1821, they poisoned Napoleon because the Jesuits used Napoleon as a tool. But before they poisoned him, and this is the reason why, Napoleon wrote a letter and in it he states, quote, the Jesuits are a military organization, not a religious order. Their chief is the general of an army, not the mere father abbot of a monastery. The aim of the Jesuits and their goal, absolute universal power of one single man to control the whole world. Isn't that where we're headed? They had to take down Protestantism. So they started the Civil War. So we thought the Civil War is about slavery. Ha! We thought the Civil War was about Lincoln taking down the Central Bank. Ha! The Civil War was about the Jesuits. A young lawyer named Abraham Lincoln just happened to represent a Roman Catholic priest who noticed that his diocese was full of drunkards, perverts, sexual immorality. These guys were using the tithing money to, to buy prostitutes and alcohol. And so he started reporting it to the bishops. And you know what the bishops did? They told him to ignore it. And when he tried to go to hire bishops, they accused him of rape. And they put him on trial for his life. And he happened to get a young lawyer named Abraham Lincoln. And by the grace of God, they won the case. And that put a bullseye on Abraham Lincoln's back by the Jesuits. Okay? The Civil War was over 
at the Battle of Gettysburg. Look it up. General George Meade captured Robert E. Lee. The war was over. But General George Meade was under the control of the Jesuits. Okay? And uh, the Jesuits instructed him, let him go. So they let him escape. And the war continued on for another three and a half years. Because the Jesuits' true goal was to decimate the four main states in the country that were holding the Protestant and Baptist movement in majority of the whole country. They had already infiltrated the North with the immigrants, the Catholics. There was a lot of Catholics in the North, but the South would not accept the Catholics. The South was done. They were Protestants. They were Baptists. They were the Bible Belt. So the Jesuits decimated Georgia, the Carolinas, and Virginia. Their whole mission was to kill as many Protestants as they could and then revamp everything, have a big influx of Catholic immigrants and take over the country as a Catholic country. What's the main religion in our country today? Roman Catholicism. Okay, so the Jesuits won. They killed Lincoln and they won. But it didn't matter because after Lincoln, um, they tried to kill his vice president too. His vice president actually made a made it impossible for the Vatican again. Um, this gets really crazy. So the vice president Johnson, he, he, he took away Vatican rule and for like a hundred years, we had no, no Vatican, but they didn't need it anyway, the Jesuits, because they had already won. They decimated this country. They were in and they, they infiltrated. Um, George Washington was poisoned because he went up against the Whiskey Rebellion and he defeated the Whiskey Rebellion. Look it up. The Jesuits poisoned him. Because of that, he didn't realize he was going up the, against the Jesuits when he was defeating the Whiskey, Whiskey Rebellion. Um, gosh, they've killed so many presidents. It's just been incredible. Um, so the Civil War, I want to talk a little bit about this, and then we're going to get right into the Bible. So the Civil War, the South was in this, in this mindset of, we've got God. God, nothing's going to happen to us. God's on our side. God's on our side. God's on our side. God's on our side. God wins. God wins. We're going to win because we've got, uh, we're on our side. Okay. But the civil war, the South, what did they want to do? They wanted to keep slavery, right? They wanted to continue slavery. How did we get our slaves here in America? By kidnapping and stealing, man stealing, literally. What's the biblical definition of slavery? Indentured servitude. If you owe a debt and you willingly become a slave to pay off that debt, or if you were the result of a spoil of war, the South was getting their slaves by stealing, not biblical, but they thought they had God on their side because they were the Protestants. God let them get decimated, didn't he? God will let us go if we're disobedient. The South wasn't dis wasn't obedient to God, even though they they called themselves the godly ones, the true Christians. All right. So wow, a lot to do. I'm going to get into the mind, and then I'm going to end with a bang. All right. Yeah. All right. So you have a brief history of the Jesuits. Wake up, people, because this is a religious 
battle. This isn't about the government. It's not about any of that. This is the battle of good and evil. This is God versus Satan. Satan's putting an army together of humans that he controls to take God's people down. And God's people don't even believe that God's word is true. Turn in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So people, if you're doing stuff like this, yeah, 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 I believe all that stuff, but at the end of the day, we have to, you put that but there, that says to God, no, you don't believe. Oh, no, 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 I trust God, but you don't believe. Okay? You put that but after, you don't believe. It has to be the other way. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't trust man, but I trust God. Flip it. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You see, God knows. He knew before he even put us in the garden what Satan was going to do. He was going to manipulate our thinking. Why do we think what we think is really what we think? You know who will show us what's true? God, when you are in active pursuit. What are the sage cons? They practice their faith. Guys, you've got to practice it. The Bible says we're, we're athletes, soldiers, and farmers. You don't just go out and run a marathon. you got to train. You don't just go out and, and throw some seeds on the ground and go, oh, i got a farm. You've got to cultivate that land. You've got to put that time and the work and the energy and fertilize and dig it out and get rid of all the weeds. You're a soldier. You don't just pick up a gun. You've never seen it before. Oh, I'm just going to shoot away. You train. God expects us to train spiritually. Get in your word every single day. All right. I'm not going to read anymore because I want to, I want to hit home, but I'm going to give you some homework. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Philippians chapter 4. Romans chapter 8, 5 through 7. Colossians 3, 2. I'm going to read that. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. All right. I got less than 10 minutes left, so I'm getting into it. We just celebrated the 20 first 
anniversary of 9-11. Okay. 9-11 was the beginning of the Great Reset, guys. 9-11 was not what we think it is or thought it was. And here we go. What did 9-11 give us? It gave us the Patriot Act. Hey, we need to be safe here. We need the Patriot Act. What did the Patriot Act do? It took away our rights and freedoms. Okay? It took away our rights and freedoms. We got airport security because of the Patriot Act. Because we had to be careful. And you know what we did with airport security? We freaking butt searched little old ladies in wheelchairs. Okay? And made them take off all their clothes and their shoes. And, and we, we x-rayed every orifice of little old white people while we let dark-skinned Middle Eastern people walk right through because we didn't want to offend anybody with like profiling. Take search and seizure at will. That's what the Patriot Act gave us. Ooh, surveillance, cell phone surveillance, 24 seven. We're gonna record everything you say and do. Did this give us freedom? Yeah, in fear. In fear, we took away our freedom. In fear, we gave up our freedom because we were lied to and we believed what the world was telling us. Okay, we believed it. 9-11 was an inside job. 9-11 was our own government. 9-11 was to start the Great Reset. And what did we do after 9-11? We went to church. We got scared, right? And we all ran to church for like a week, maybe two. Then we came out of church and we went, vengeance! We want vengeance! We want that! We gotta go! We gotta crush our enemies! We want vengeance! What does God say about vengeance? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But we want vengeance. No, vengeance is ours, says the Lord. Hey, we don't even know who our enemy is. Our enemy was here. And what did we do? We let our enemy convince us that our enemy was there. And we, disobedient to God, said, no, 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 we're going to take it in our own hands. We want vengeance. How's it working out for us? How's our freedom now? How's our freedom now? Everything we think we think is a lie. And unless and until every single one of us who calls themselves a follower of Jesus gets serious about Jesus, he is the only way, and you start living the faith that you say you believe, you start walking in the faith that you say you believe, you pray, you worship, you tell others about Jesus. You study the word. It's our sword. Put it in your heart. Unless and until we do that, guys, we're going to keep getting tripped up by the lies of this world. They rewrite history. The Rockefellers, the Rothschilds are all owned by the Jesuits. It's a religious war. They've rewritten our history. We'll talk about the 14th Amendment next week. Look into that. That literally took our rights away. And, and when we went from rights to privileges with the 14th Amendment, it's all a lie. 
But here's what I want to tell you before we end this. Every single one of us starts from the same starting line. No one is better than anybody else. So I do not want you to look at me and say, well, Lucy, not all of us can do what you do. We're not all that smart, or we don't all have the time to study and read and learn and all this. Then you're never going to change. It has nothing to do with me. And I want to show you something because I, not too long ago, was fully deceived because I worked in church. You see, because I worked in church and I went to Bible study once a week, I thought I had it all. I thought I knew everything. And I walked around in pride. I knew it all. Okay. I knew right from wrong. I knew everything about everything because I'm a church employee and I've worked in church and I spend my life in church and I love God, but I wasn't really, really spending time with God on my own, in the word on my own. I was relying on the Bible studies. I was relying on the pastors to teach me. So look at who I was. Okay, can you see that? You see that big W on my house? I have been deep repentance over this. <laughs> okay, I supported George W. Bush. I thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Ask my brother. <laughs> my brother knew the truth because my brother is a practicing Christian. And he knew the truth and he tried to tell me. And I rejected him for years. No, you're crazy. Cognitive dissonance. I went through all of it. You're crazy. No way. No way. I love my president. Bush. I think we all know now. <laughs> and if you don't, that's more homework. But I think you all know now who President Bush and the Bush family really are, right? Remember, mothers of darkness, remember our good old HW, thousand points of light. And we will have our new world order. We didn't listen. We were not listening. Are we ready to listen now? Or are we still going to go, Trump's going to save us. Trump's going to save us. Trump's going to save us. Yeah, we elected him. And our election was stolen. And the powers that be who have lied to us since before we were Thoughts in our parents' eyes <laughs> have landed us here with all this crazy thinking. Why do we think what we think is really what we think? Our thoughts are put into our heads. Every one of them. And we're going to go on with this. I'm going to go again this with this next week because we're going to go deeper. An hour is not enough time. But I need you to do your homework. Like I said, and I always tell you, don't trust me. All I'm doing is the messenger. I do the digging. I do the praying. God shows me through discernment. And I bring it to you. What you believe is up to you and God. It's up to you. Athletes, farmers, and soldiers, that's what we are. And that means we're working all the time. Okay? Colossians chapter two, verse eight. Don't let anyone 
capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Remember guys, we are sojourners here. We're tourists here. We don't have dual citizenship. We're citizens of heaven visiting here, okay? Our time every single day should be spent more in the word and less in the news because the news is telling you what the world wants you to hear. Turn it off and turn on the Bible. Get into it, read it, pray, study, ask God. Proverbs chapter two, all those action words. Learn, tune, ask, beg, cry out. God answers. He doesn't answer the lazy. He doesn't answer the unbelievers. He knows your heart. Clean it out. Ask him to do it. He will. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. The same God that hardens the clay will soften the wax. If you don't turn and ask Jesus to be your savior and commit your life and surrender and repent, then you will be hard like clay and eventually you'll be unable to come to the Lord because that's what happens. The same son who will melt the wax, you want the Lord, you want to ask the Lord to soften your heart, to melt that wax because right now our hearts are pretty hard. We think we think what we think is real. And we'll question God before we'll question what we're taught in this world. Think about it. We will do it every single time. Yeah, but you know, you can't really with the Bible. Really? It's the word of God. Then you say you don't believe God. Don't do it anymore. Let's change. That's what repentance is. It's a 180. So stop doing that. If the Bible says it's true, it's true. We don't interpret the Bible. That's God's word. He gives it to us and he gives us the discernment to understand it. If our hearts are soft if we're pure. He gives us his eyes and ears. Love you guys. Do your homework. You got a lot of it. You got all those Bible verses. You got to look up your Jesuits. You got to do some homework. Okay. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds, the happy blind. It's gonna be bright, bright, sunshiny day. It's gonna be bright, bright, sunshiny day. I love you guys. Keep the faith. Stay prayed up. Armor up, and go out and make disciples. See you next week. You've been listening to Everything Homes special segment, Stories Needing Sharing, with Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content. Life. 
laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained, and we hope that you picked up some real-life tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off.